Your brain might just help you learn something in more ways than one. Welcome to Dr. Gary Bell's Absurd Psychology. Dr. Bell is a licensed marriage and family therapist. He'll be your guide on this crazy exploration designed to bring life back to our existence. Can you become the element of change in an ever-changing world? Possibly, but you've got to listen on to find out. Now, here's the host of Absurd Psychology, Dr. Gary Bell. Welcome to the show, everybody. Okay, this is going to be a controversial show, I can tell you, just because of the topic that I'm covering. But I have to tell you, you know, this show is about hysteria, the media, and delusional people. And and the reason I bring it out there is because there is an enormous amount of hysteria and anxiety that is being driven out there uh, by the media, and they're profiting enormously from it. And what they basically do is they'll put a headline out there that that shows that there's proof of something. They'll make an allegation, you know, and basically the allegation is stated as if it's true, and then they'll spend the story and then the next ten stories trying to justify why they put it out there without ever taking any true accountability for it in any bold way. They may do it, you know, put a little box in the next day or an editorial and saying, sorry, we lied. We didn't, we didn't get access, you know, all the facts on it. You know, and, and media has changed and we're going to talk about that, but it, it is fueling a very strong division, especially in the United States, but also in the world. I mean, we are polarized as a country. We're polarized politically. And then what's sad is, is that our Congress and our Senate, half of those people, the minority half, are just sitting there collecting paychecks and not doing a thing but basically uh, putting barriers up to anything getting accomplished by this administration. And, and it's sad because, you know, there is an agenda out there that, that he won on that actually people like. The problem is, is the people that voted for him don't want to speak up because he is a character. He's a strange man. He's narcissistic in many ways, and they don't like him. And so a lot of people don't like him, but they like his agenda, and they like his boldness, and they like his resilience because that's what it takes to make it through this time. It doesn't mean they like him. It doesn't mean they they support him in general, but that agenda that he's got out there is very American, and it's very strong, and it's very clear to this day and age that we're in. The sad thing is, is the Democrats ran against him instead of having an agenda that people could vote for, and now the Democrats still have no agenda, and they're just sitting there in Congress uh, putting barrier after barrier against any progress that we can make to make our country better and to evolve. I don't know how they're going to win an election doing that because I'm not a political pollster or a person that's an expert at this. But me as a person who lives in the United States and the people that I talk to and a lot of people are very, very sad and very frustrated and very quiet. There's another side of it, and that's the Democrats who lost and the folks that supported that particular party. Those folks are extremely hysterical, and what is happening is the media loves to fuel them because every time they put something out, they get something back from them. There's even more hysteria and more hysteria that comes out of these folks. Well, that hysteria is wearing this country down. It is wearing the world down. It, it is very, very childish, and it's very very sad. 
And it's much like the, the, the Salem witch trials. You know, that is to put society through those kind of stressors instead of trying to be constructive, trying to work with the people that are there. This is creating a, a means of lack of direction or even when there's a good idea, nothing can get done because the other side of the aisle who earns enormous amounts of money won't do anything. They're just sitting there. I don't know what they do. They must sit in their office and drink and smoke all day or something. God only knows what they do because there's nothing getting done by the Democratic Party to assist the Republican Party to do something constructive. That is the frustration. As a person in the middle, a populist, and that's me, I want to see our country thrive. All right. You know, there's also the fact that no poll is going to be correct because you know, just like ISIS and North Korea and the Taliban, these angry, sensitive, depressed, delusional people fed by a lying media who profits from fueling them, uh, basically, nobody wants to get on their radar. Nobody wants to step in front of those kind of people and have those kind of people throw their anger at them for having voted for Trump. But nobody wants that. Most people want to avoid conflict. And so the fact is they're just going to sit back. And they're not going to address while the other people are hysterical. So all we're hearing is a lot of crazy, stressed out people believing anything and everything, every allegation that they could possibly hear. And, and they just feed it and feed it and they live on it because they think that's going to create an outcome that they wanted rather than the country wanted. You know, uh, after eight years of Obama, we can now see how biased the media is and how they actually treat our president. And he is our president. And people don't realize when you attack him, you're attacking our president. That's a very personal thing. But once again, nobody wants to have be in the middle, uh, be the only person standing there in front of a protest with a bunch of protesters who are violent, angry, sensitive, overbearing, and have far, far too strong of agenda, but have no ideas about how to change things. And so, you know, no poll is going to be correct because that silent majority is not going to step up and say what they are going to do. And that's why in this election, that silent majority sat back while the other folks did. They, they voted, but they didn't talk about it. And, and that, once again, has a lot to do with these people and how they're reacting and feeding on this particular president. You know, most people that don't like him just can't even stand the look of him. They can't even stand how his behavior is. And it's understandable because he doesn't help himself. But the bottom line is that's what it's going to take to see the truth and to walk through change. And thank God he's intelligent, which is a good thing because he is actually working back on the media and actually addressing the truths. And, and so what we're seeing is something that's healthy. And I'm not saying I support him, but I, I'm sure telling you. He's about the only person out there that's trying to address this hysteria and bring it down. You know, uh, originally uh, known as Salem Vi Village, uh, this mid-sized town with a population of 26,493, that's according to a 2010 uh, census, is best known for the Salem witch trials and, and, and being the site of one of Massachusetts' oldest 
uh, psychiatric hospitals. Now, rarely appearing in the news otherwise from that, Danvers, which is the name of the town, got more international publicity likely uh, starting in January 2013, and that was when about two dozen teenagers from Ex- uh, Essex Agricultural Technical School in Danvers began re- reporting bizarre symptoms, including mysterious hiccups and vocal tics. And after the Massachusetts State Health Department ruled out any physical cause for the outbreak, the epidemic gradually subsided over the next few months. So they just addressed it, and then they walked away, and they let the hysteria be the hysteria instead of feeding it. But you see, we have a media that feeds it. And so these people, if they had more attention, would build and build and build on their hysteria, and more people would become hysteric. You know, so, But this decided uh, over a few months, despite speculations that the outbreak may be due to mask psychogenic illness. It's called MPI, by the way. And the state health department was not has not made any official statement to the cause to date. And that's because it is neurological, meaning these people are feeding off their own hysteria. One goes to the next, goes to the next, goes to the next. Once again, just like a bully, if you don't address them, if you don't feed them, they're going to walk away because they look like idiots. But if you keep feeding them, they're going to get worse and worse and worse. And that's how this hysteria forms And once again, if the media is going to give them attention, they're going to get worse and worse and worse. You know, symptoms of MPI, which is uh, known as mass hysteria, is is a a rapid spread of of illness, signs and symptoms affecting members of a, a group originating from a nervous system disturbance involving excitation, uh, being excited, the the loss of uh, altercation uh, of function. Their physical complaints are exhibited unconsciously, have no corresponding organic uh, uh, origin. And basically what happens, they have no origin of, of organic basis. The symptoms are rapid onset and then recovery. And the symptoms are typically transient in nature, and they occur in a specific group of people, and they're extreme anxiety. And the symptoms are spread by word of mouth through popular media, spreading down the age scale from older to younger victims, and predominantly female victims. Now, what is surprising is that one of the major topics of divorce that's coming up today in marriage family therapy, and I'm a marriage family therapist, is the election results. People are fighting in their families, in their marriage, over election results. In the first place that it affects them is their communication, but where it goes to is resentments build up and then it goes into the bedroom. And so even marriages are being destroyed by what the media is feeding the public and feeding these people. And unfortunately, it's dividing families and it's hurting children and people don't realize the damage that this stuff has done. What's interesting is there has been some relief today now that Hillary Clinton has has basically uh, accused 42 different sources of why she lost the election, including the Democratic National Committee, the media is actually bringing that out. Well, that actually gives the media some credibility because there's balance, and that's what folks need. They need balance, and if the media could take responsibility and have balance out there, 
and go after facts and have integrity instead of be on a witch hunt, what would happen is people would settle down. But every day we have to wake up to some hysterical headline. And it's so sad. It's so sad because they don't realize the impact this has on people's mental health. You know, symptoms are uh, linked to mass hysteria. Outbreaks include nausea, headaches, abdominal cramps or pain, fainting, chest pain, vomiting, diarrhea, anxiety attacks, all the things that trigger the stress gene in our body. And guess what? That stress gene is, once it becomes active, and there's only 32 common genes in our genealogy as human beings, one of those genes is a stress gene. If you keep banging on that gene and you keep making your life stressed, what happens is anything, your, whatever your exit strategy is, whether it's, it's, it's uh, um, heart attack, uh, cancer, uh, diabetes, whatever it is, it's going to trigger that to activate. The brain's going to say, I got to get out of here. I'm sick of it. Turns on that gene, and that gene never stops working. It keeps going until it does you in. Uh, health and medication these days are our wonderful health system, may be able to assist us to live longer, but that is working on borrowed time. And so the deal is we need to bring down and amp down the conflict in our culture currently, understand that we have to be constructive, we have to be adults, and we have to think about our children's future and the future of our country. And things can be changed. You know, just because something changes today, life's a long process. Things that are not right can be fixed. And so the good news is we're in an experiential time where we have to experience change and see if it's healthy. If it's not, then we'll get the change out there. Now, you know, uh, while mass hysteria is not included in the Diagnostic Manual for Mental Health, there's a similar uh, symptom or a syndrome known as a conversion disorder. And it can have many of the same uh, characteristics. Originally, it's regarded as a form of hysteria, but the conversion disorder is classified as a somatoform disorder, which is basically a, a disorder created by your own thinking. And that conversion disorder uh, basically develops emotional stress into physical symptoms. And so, you know, a single common stressor can lead to similar conversion disorder symptoms and or in a group of individuals who believe themselves susceptible. You know, despite uh, previous research suggesting that people with uh, low um, um, symptomology or low IQs or greater suggestibility are more vulnerable to mass hysteria. There's no uh, consistent evidence that this is the case. The greater the incidence of mass hysteria among females rather than males is difficult to explain as well. So there's no real good science out there to basically break it down. You know, we have to look at some other hysterical, uh, hist- histrionic, haha. All right, historic examples. You know, what is mass hysteria? Well, it is a mental illness, also known as mass psychogenic illness. It's a state of paranoia affecting a group of people at the same time. Like in uh, 1938, Martians invade the radio. They invade New Jersey. There's worldwide terror. People are committing suicide because they did not listen enough to understand that this was a show, a, a radio show written by Orson Welles. And so phone lines from across the country were blocked by distressed listeners, and they freaked out, believing that Mars was invading the planet Earth, in particular, New Jersey in the United States. Also in 1983, 
there was a Palestinian feigning spree where the uh, Palestinian teenage girls began feigning. And, and uh, citizens thought Israeli agents had poisoned these girls, and the government was trying to quarantine these girls. And it took a long time for those accusations to go away, and those accusations still take place today. In 1999, Coca-Cola scare, only 100 people complained of feeling ill. Many people refused to drink the soda. 30 million cans of Coca-Cola were recalled, and the soda was tested for any possible unwanted materials, and it came back negative. Somebody developed symptoms, blamed it on Coca-Cola, and the next thing you know, all 30 million cans of Coca-Cola were recalled. That's how people respond to this fake crap. In 2009, swine flu, a deadly illness, it's a branch of influenza virus, was spreading rapidly through the United States and Mexico. And there were a multitude of false rumors and fake news reports online fueling it. In 2014, Ebola. Worldwide, highly deadly disease that can cause internal bleeding. Okay, but you know what? How does the media affect this? Well, without a doubt, the um, media fueled the Ebola scare, and uh, the media plays the biggest role in mass hysteria. Hysteria cannot happen in masses if it's not spread through communication, and these things are very easy to confuse. So, you know, let's look at very simple. Where did fake news come from? Well. Bending the truth for political gain is certainly nothing new. It's propaganda, and the record of it uses its uses stretch back to ancient times. You know, Octavian in Rome uh, famously used a campaign of disinformation to aid his victory over Mark Anthony in the final war of the Rome, uh, Roman Republic. In its aftermath, he changed his name to Augustus and dispatched a flattering, youthful image of himself throughout the empire, maintaining its use into his old age. So fake news also has a history in American politics. All right, we're going to take a quick break. We're going to talk quickly about fake news. And once again, we're looking at this from a mental health perspective. Come back. It's your world. Motivate. Change. Succeed. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com Dr. Gary Bell is a licensed marriage and family therapist in Southern California, but he is here to help you no matter where you are. Visit drgbmft.com. You can schedule an appointment with Dr. Bell, and many major health insurance plans are accepted. Call or text Dr. Bell today at 951-818-7856 or visit drgbmft.com. Dr. Bell could help you take back your life in four to eight carefully constructed sessions. Stop coping and start living in the now. Call 951-818-7856 or visit drgbmft.com today. encouraged and connected on our lively award-winning healthy living power hour star style be the star you are with host and empowerment architect cynthia bryan live every wednesday at 4 p.m pacific on the voice america empowerment channel tune in to the power party for positive uplifting life-changing talk radio visit starstyleradio.com Yeah. 
It's your world. Motivate. Change. Succeed. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com You are tuned in to Dr. Gary Bell's Absurd Psychology. If you have a question for Dr. Gary or his guest, please call in to 1-888-346-9141. That's 1-888-346-9141. That's easy enough, but if you want to send an email, it'll take some thinking. Got a pen? The email address is drgbmft at sbcglobal.net. Or you can just click on Email Host on the Voice America page. Now back to Dr. Gary Bell's Absurd Psychology. Welcome back, everybody. Okay, we're talking about hysteria, the media, and delusional people. I've got to, you know, I, I know some people are going to take offense of this, but you've got to understand, I'm trying to get to the mental health part of this, that this affects people. Because everybody, whether you're on one side or the other, whether you're you're against the president or you're for the president, you're both stressed out. And, and the deal is, let's get to healthy Let's get to acceptance, let's get to some sense of peace, and let's get to working together. But what is this fake news and where does it come from? Because that is what fuels the division of our country, fake news. And, and before the internet, publishing fake news and, and gaining an audience that could be uh, monetized was nearly impossible for three reasons. Distribution and cost. Distributing information on any kind of scale needed a uh, prohibitively expensive logistics operation because most of it had to do with publishing on paper and distributing on paper and distributing that paper out to people's hands. Also, uh, audiences and trust. Building a large audience took a whole lot longer back in the day. And because it was expensive to acquire and build on trust of information. So publishing uh, fake news would be damaging to the reputation and thus have economic consequences. So what happened was things like the Star magazine and, and the propaganda media went out there to fulfill the emotional fake news that people needed to hear. And then also the law and regulation. Because it was expensive to distribute information, there were far fewer players. And so these abided by media law that could be regulated. And publishing fake news would likely end up with the publisher being sued or being out of business because people no longer trusted them. However, you know, uh, now it, it, this, this exchange is, was uh, completely devastated back in 2007. So with the beginnings of social media revolution and the creation of social networks like Facebook and Twitter allowed people to exchange information on a much greater scale than ever before without having all of the burdens of having paper, press, and distribution. All of a sudden, you could touch thousands, hundreds, if not millions of people on a distribution with a story that may not have ever been researched, validated, or anything, and it was irrelevant because in social media, you can change your identity, and in these days, we can actually use un, uh, unquoted sources or sources that leave their information out, and so nobody really knows where it comes from, and that's kind of how this environment is operating currently. You know, distribution costs, the cost of publishing like, like WordPress and distributing like social networks are zero in cost. Audiences and trusts, given these much lower costs, reputations are far more expandable. 
and law and regulation, which lower uh, costs, far more operations were involved in exchanging information. So the trickle of regulated, uh, at least by law information exchanged through the gate, became a tidal wave and one that is impossible to regulate on the internet in full. And, and, and if you can just look, take this current election and take some examples of what's going on. In early uh, November, there was a spike in transgender uh, suicides that was put out there. After Trump's electoral victory on November 8, rumors began circulating that multiple transgender teenagers had killed themselves in response to the re- election results. There was no basis for those rumors. Nobody has been able to confirm them at the time, and nobody has been able to confirm in the three months since he was elected, nor have they been able to confirm to these days, to this day. And this this is sad because what this does is teenagers read this stuff and guess what they end up doing? If they're in a depressed pocket, if they're bipolar, if they're having issues, if they're if, if they're in a bad way, they go to suicide. If they're sexually confused, this causes suicide. That is media affecting our children. And, 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 you know, nevertheless, the claim spread far and wide. The Guardian writer and editor at large, uh, Zach Stafford, tweeted the rumor, which was retweeted more than 13,000 times before he deleted it. He later posted, uh, uh, explaining why he deleted his, his viral tweet, explained it that, uh, and to, to, to a total of seven times, basically debunking himself and saying this, I did, had no basis for this. So, you know. There's amazing, amazing type of these these tweets get into major databases and get distributed all over the world. On November 22nd, the tri-state election hacking conspiracy. On November 22nd, Gabriel Sherman posted a bombshell report from the New York Magazine claiming that a group of prominent computer scientists and election lawyers were demanding a recount on three separate states because of the persuasive evidence that the election results in Wisconsin, Michigan, and Pennsylvania may have been manipulated or hacked. The evidence? Apparently in Wisconsin, Clinton received 7% fewer votes in counties that relied on electronic voting machines compared with counties that used optical scanners and paper ballots. So the story went viral. People all over the world were going, oh my gosh, can we believe the American election results? It was shared more than 145,000 times on Facebook alone. And, and, And Sherman shared it on his Twitter feed several times and people retweeted his links to the story nearly nine thousand times. Politico's uh, Eric Geller shared the story on Twitter as well. His tweet was retweeted 8,000 times and other folks 2,000, 4,000. I mean, it's amazing how these retweets can do a whole lot of damage. And it wasn't until the next day, November 23rd, that someone threw a little water on the fire. At uh, at um, 5.38, uh, Nate Silver explained that this was demographics, not hacking, and explained that the curious voting numbers, anybody making allegations of a possible massive electoral hack should uh, provide proof. And, and he said, we can't find any. And then additionally, he pointed out that the New York Magazine's article had misrepresented the argument to one of the uh, computer scientists in question. At point, however, the damage had already been done. And so people believed that story. And so what happened? 
all those three states had to spend money to go back and re-examine their election results. Some chose not to because they didn't see any proof in the sampling that they had done. Also, December 1st, there's the 27-cent foreclosure article. In Politico on December 1st, uh, Lorraine Wallert published a shocking essay claiming that Trump's pick for Secretary of Treasury, Steve Mnuchin, had overseen a company that foreclosed on a 90-year-old woman uh, after a 27-cent payment error. And and according to her, after a confusion over the insurance coverage, a One West subsidiary sent uh, uh, a bill for $423.30. So she sent a check for $423. The bank sent another bill for $0.30. Lofton, 90 years old, sent a check for $0.30. And in November 14th, the bank foreclosed. The story received a whole bunch of coverage, and it was shared nearly 17,000 times on Facebook. The New York Times, uh, Stephen Ratner, shared it on Twitter. 1,300 Retweets, as did NBC News' Jeff J- uh, Brad Jaffe, 1,200 che- uh, uh, retweets. AP's David Beard, 1,900, and a whole lot of others. The problem, the, the central scandalous claims that, uh, of Wallert's article were simply untrue. And, the, and the, uh, as a competitive enterprise institute's Ted Frank pointed out, the woman in question was never foreclosed on, never lost her home. Moreover, it wasn't Mnuchin's bank that brought the suit. So politically, Politico eventually corrected these serious and glaring errors, but the damage was already done. So the story had been uh, repeated by numerous media outlets, including the Huffington Post, 25,000 times on Facebook, and the New York Post, Variety Fair, and a whole lot of others. Here's, here's another example. Uh, Nancy Sinatra complains about the inaugural ball. On the day of Trump's inauguration, CNN basically claimed, CNN, Nancy Sinatra was not happy with the fact that the president and the first lady's inaugural dance would be to the tune of Frank Sinatra's My Way. The problem, Nancy Sinatra had never said anything like that. CNN, CNN later updated the article without explaining the mistake that they had made. As you can see, what people do in the media is they want to feed on people's emotion. And if they can get emotional attachment through headlines in their articles, then they can apologize later, but they still get the readers. They still get the readers. And people are uh, just completely delusional about what the truth is because they never get the secondary story where the paper actually or the, the publisher actually actually comes out and says we were wrong. You know, here's, you know, look at this one. You know, on uh, uh, January 20th, the, the great uh, MLK Jr. bust controversy, the, the Time reporter, Zake Miller, wrote that a bust of Martin Luther King Jr. had been removed from the White House. And this caused a fury of controversy on social media until Miller issued a correction. As Time put it, Miller had apparently not even asked anyone in the White House if the bust had been removed. He simply assumed it had been because he looked for it and had not seen it. And so he put that out there. And guess what? Now we have people believing that Trump uh, Trump 
is prejudiced. Trump is a Nazi. All this crazy stuff. And then, yes, you're going to get hysteria. You're going to get hysteria from the people that voted for him. And you're going to get hysteria from the people that are accusing. And it's this is what screws up our country. This level of stress has to come down, has to come down. You know, on January 20th, uh, Betsy DeVos uh, called the grizzly fighter after her confirmation hearing. Education Secretary nominee Betsy DeVos was asked whether schools should be able to have guns on their campus. Now, NBC News reported DeVos felt it was best left to the locals and the states to decide. She pointed out that one school in Wyoming had a fence around it to protect the students from wildlife. And she said, I imagine, and I think she was joking, that there's possibly a gun in the school to protect from those potential grizzlies. And there was utterly non-complete controversy stance taken on this. DeVos was simply pointing out that in different states and localities, they have different needs attempting to mandate a nationwide one-size-fits-all policy for America. It was completely imprudent, completely taken out of context. So how did they run with this as the media? By lying through their teeth. Betsy DeVos says guns should be allowed in schools. They might be needed to shoot grizzlies. Okay, Betsy DeVos, schools may need guns to fight off bears. You know, citing grizzlies, education nominee says states should determine uh, school gun policy. CNN, Betsy DeVos says guns in schools may be necessary to protect students from grizzly bears. I mean, it goes on and on. You know, rather than report on their actual stance, the media outlets created a fake news event to smear a reasonable person's perfectly reasonable opinion. Um, You know, January 26th, they say there's resignations at the State Department. Well, on the 26th, Washington Post, surprise, surprise, Josh Rogan published what seemed to be a bombshell report declaring that the State Department's entire senior management team just resigned. The resignation, according to Rogan, was part of an ongoing mass exodus of senior foreign service officers who don't want to stick around for the Trump area era. And, and these uh, resignations happened suddenly and unexpectedly. And he styled it in a shocking shakeup of administrative protocol in the State Department. And that's kind of an ad hoc protest on the Trump administration. And, and so the story immediately went sky high viral. It was shared nearly 60,000 times on Facebook. Rogan Tweet, uh, t- uh, tweeted the story out and was retweeted a staggering 11,000 time, times. That's amazing. You know, and so more importantly, uh, you know, there, there was a big problem. The story was more like a load of crap. You know, uh, the headline of the piece was highly misleading. The word management strongly implied that all Americans' top diplomats were resigning, which was not the case. And so the Post letter changed the word to management to administrative without noting the change, although they left management language intact in the article. So they didn't even take it back, you know. As always, their correction received far less attention than the fake news that they put out themselves. These are major media outlets that do this crap. And it's it's so sad. It's so sad. And, And so, you know, we have to look at you know, other here's some another example, just another example. The big uh, travel ban lie on January 31st, 
uh, Fox affiliate station out of Detroit reported that a local business owner who flew to Iraq to bring his mother back home to the U.S. Emotional, emotional, and emotional, by the way. This is how they're pushing it so they can get their ratings. His, he tried to bring his mom back home to the U.S. for medical treatment and said she was blocked from returning home under President Trump's ban on immigration and travel from seven prominent Muslim nations. And he said that while she was waiting for approval to fly home, she died from the illness. Well, the story spread far and wide, and, and it, it, it basically it, it proved that the Muslim ban was evil, you know, and, and Hitler-esque and uh, a mother killer. And, and on and on and on. So there were tons, tons of media that went around on this, uh, including um, Keith Oberman and the Huffington Post, um, basically pumping it out there. But there was a big problem. It was a lie. The man had lied about when his mother died. The Fox affiliate hadn't bothered to do the research to confirm or disapprove the man's account. And the news station quietly corrected the story after giving a rise to such a wild industry-like Hysteria. We cannot trust, uh, trust the integrity of this media, and that is the sad truth. You know, as, as we look at the, you know, the people are even blaming Trump for violence. You know, there's violence because there are lots of passive-aggressive people out there who don't want to do conflict, but who are facing conflict because the media and the folks that they have to interact with that back up the Democrats who do nothing absolutely nothing but lie and give their little mouthpiece and their little scripts every time they're on the air, every time they're interviewed. It's the same old crap that they all say, and they're quite proud of that, by the way. And and so basically, people that believe that get hysterica, and they, they start throwing these lies out to these folks. And uh, the people that are not aggressive, the people that are accepting that we're now having to work together as a country to make something better, guess what? They finally build up, and sadly, you're seeing it play out in the media. Is that Trump's fault? No, no. It's the media that feeds that. Does Trump help it? No, he doesn't. When he puts his aggressive little tweets out there, our whole country gets rocked because he's feeding these fake media folks. All right, we're going to take a quick break. We're going to talk about the impact of people's psychology from all this political and politics. Come back. us on Twitter for more great ideas at Voice America Empowerment. Do you like what you're hearing on the show today? Dr. Gary Bell wants to help you no matter where you are. He's fast, efficient, effective, and has a no-bull approach to helping you in less than 10 sessions. If you're ready to change right now, drop everything and call or text Dr. Bell at 951-818-7856 or visit drgbmft.com today. You can also follow Dr. Bell on Twitter at DRGBMFT for some great insight and direction. Are you ready? Make that change. Pick up the phone or go to the site, 951-818-7856 or DRGBMFT.com. Remember, DrGBMFT.com. Follow us on Twitter for more great ideas at Voice America Empowerment.
You are tuned in to Dr. Gary Bell's Absurd Psychology. If you have a question for Dr. Gary or his guest, please call in to 1-888-346-9141. That's 1-888-346-9141. That's easy enough, but if you want to send an email, it'll take some thinking. Got a pen? The email address is drgbmft at svcglobal.net. Or you can just click on Email Host on the Voice America page. Now back to Dr. Gary Bell's Absurd Psychology. Welcome back, everybody. Okay, we're talking about hysteria media and delusional people. And and what I'm trying to get to is the impact on people's psychology, this anxiety that has been fueled by the media and, and by I'd say even Trump, even the Democrat in the Democratic Party, all of them contributing to allegations and all kinds of crap out there that people feed into. They watch the news and then the media profits from putting stuff out there as if it's true and then retracting it later. Um, the accusations that are, are being made creates trauma on people, and that is what this show is about, is to try to heal that trauma and get some sense of people looking for integrity, looking for truth, and looking for honesty, whether it's one party or the other party. You know, if we could just get truth, I think our, our country would be calmer, and I think our world would be much more cooperative, and I think our government actually might function better if people would just start working together. You know, politics is considered to be the running of the governing system with two or more recognized parties uh, competing as to which the better philosophy to give harmony and the good of life. And what is political is differing belief systems. And this is where we get in trouble, political, and that is where power is used as leverage to get people's way. And it can be in any arena from relationships to, to which hardware store is best to trade with. You know, belief systems tend to be built from, you know, primary associations starting with our family of origin. Then it's influenced by extended family and then by culture. And so these uh, tend to set up baselines for everything from gender roles, religion, uh, table manners, dress codes, taste in foods. Um, all kinds of, of uh, crazy things that affect us. And so what we have to understand is that the longer uh, and more one is immersed in reinforced single system, the more the individual will have a myopic view of how the world works and people's role in it. In other words, it's all they know. If we think about it, we've been under eight years of Barack Obama's thought process running our country, and the media has honeymooned him for eight years. And so people are thinking, oh, my God, this is a very violent change. Well, it's a violent change because the media is biased towards that kind of a process. They are very democratic. They're very liberal. And and they they get a lot more out of that. And they can point a finger at Republican because Republican is more uh, direct, more forward, and has a lot better ideas. Uh, at least these days they do, sadly. You know, I, I'd love to see the Democrats come forward and be constructive and do well in the election if they can be a constructive part of our government. You know, we just want them to get the job done. You know, in psychology, we have a number of labels which delineate human mental processes. And so we're going to look into a couple of those things. Number one is cognitive dissonance. is one of the It's mental stress from simultaneously holding a belief or an idea or a value 
and then receiving new information that contradicts that existing belief, idea, and value. And it can even be where the person themselves behaves in a way completely counter to their own deep-held beliefs. So this is a problem because a lot of people have to take their feelings about their politics and their point of view and stuff them in order to be able to deal with the people in their environment that they have to deal with. Also, there is called uh, closed-minded, and it's the common term used on people who are intolerant of differing beliefs and opinions of others, and they're definitely not ready to entertain any new ideas. You know, as, as uh, um, a cognitive bias is a term, and it's also a classic case of, of a particular style of thinking utilized without understanding of how logic works. It uses systematic error of inductive reasoning. A, in deductive arguments, the conclusion is certain because the premises are certain and, and they're provable. Uh, in, inductive uh, arguments are supposedly probable because they are based on a remembered selective, and remember that word selective, information. And, and, and it's interpreted in a very biased way. So these people particularly tend to value evidence that supports their existing position, especially for emotionally charged issues and deeply entrenched beliefs, even though in actuality it's ambiguous. You know, look at the Russia scandal. No evidence. No evidence. But guess what? Billions of dollars are probably going to be spent on that whole thing, which is a big, bogus load of crap. And it's been going for three months now, you know, and it'll keep going and it'll keep going because it sells media. It sells media and that's why it will keep going. And people will just keep on that confirmation bias and they'll stay on that diatribe until it dies. You know, they don't understand how their own mind makes circular, you know, circular logic. You know, when people are fed a diet of information validating their known fear in a weird way, it reduces their anxiety. What's more secure is what you know and what you don't know. What you know, so reinforcing what you know is true and validates your beliefs without you realizing it's manipulating or reducing your fear. That's healthy. That's healthy. You know? So, so circular logic is, is basically logic that where you're going to lead yourself back to the conclusions that you believe and the only things you'll consider are the ideas that you're hearing that validate what you believe. You know, what is brainwashed? It's also a secular label and it's used to denote people who were fed a singular diet of limited information and it's done in such a way that if others around them are fine with it, it seems logical conclusion that people start believing it. So long ago, salesmen found and later uh, psychologists confirmed that if you reinforce an idea long enough, people tend to take it on as a given. And the haranguing of the media ads and the scams has proven its worth. That people are influenced and indoctrinated by rep uh, repetitive, intense marketing of whatever is being promoted. And that includes politics. With, with proper setups, it can create an, an, an inability to think independently. So sometimes it's referred to as mind control because the person being manipulated rarely realizes they are manipulated. So cults from the outside seem stupid, but to ones immersed in it, it's every day. You know, and so most people generally are unaware of their own cult-like beliefs because they grew up in it and aren't in a formal compound. You know, the religious, cultural, family belief systems deep in their souls 
were basically by uh, repetitive and intense marketing of whatever was being promoted. And, And so that includes politics. You know, and when we and when fear is hammered incessantly, and the people are told that there's a that there's a a, a a fear-based belief out there, with conclusions being drawn without the facts, people will buy into it if it's done long enough and hard enough. And as we can see, the media is profiting enormously by a campaign of fake news. You know, uh, why believe people believe fake news? Well, number one is cognitive simplicity. In general, when our brains process information, beliefs come quickly and naturally. Skepticism is slow and unnatural, and most people have a low tolerance for ambiguity. But research shows that when we process and comprehend a statement, our brain automatically accepts it as true, whereas the subsequent skepticism of the statement requires an extra cognitive step which is a heavier load to lift. So it's easier just to believe something and move on. It's much easier. And that's called cognitive simplicity. You know, if you look at um, cognitive dissonance, and this is an uncomfortable tension that, that comes from holding two conflicting thoughts at the same time. So it's easier to dispute the facts than to alter one's deepest beliefs. So, uh, you know, creationists, for example, they challenge the evidence of evolution, not for scientific reasons, but because they, they, they fear that if the theory is true, they have to give up their religion. But we see that that's not true. Climate deniers don't dispute the data from the tree rings, the ice cores, and the rapid increase of greenhouse gases out of scientific curiosity. But because they're afraid that it is true, it might even mean more restrictive government regulations on business and industry. So what is the backfire effect? The backfire effect is a cognitive simplicity and dissonance that leads to a particular phenomenon in which people seem to double down on their beliefs in the teeth of overwhelming evidence against them. So this is called the backfire effect. In in a series of experiments by Dartmouth College, subjects were given fake newspaper articles that confirmed widespread misconceptions, such as the existence of uh, WMDs in Iraq. And so when subjects were given a corrective article that WMDs were never found, liberals who opposed the war accepted the new article, rejected the old, whereas conservatives who were supporting the war did the opposite, and the more they reported being more convinced there were WMDs after the correction, arguing this only proved that Saddam Hussein hid or destroyed them. And, and in the real world, when WMDs were not found, liberals who supported the war declared that they never supported the war, and conservatives who supported the war insisted there were WMDs, and that's because they had to believe what they believed. Now, there's another thing called tribal unity, and we're a uh, social primate species, and we want to signal to the others that we can be trusted in a reliable, uh, as a reliable group member. So this means being consistent in agreeing with our other group members, whether that group is our political party or our religious faith. You know, we're not stray too far from our beliefs. And so this what this is what happens. So when you find uh, you know cognitive simplicity comes about and cognitive dissonance, we have a, a, an evolutionary adaptive purpose. And so basically when you find any cognitive mechanism that appears to be universal, such as the ease of creating us-them dichotomies, which makes life black and white, which it's not, it's gray, ethnocentrism, which is my group is best, or prejudice, it seems likely that it has an adaptive purpose. So in these examples, binding us to our tribe would be the biggest benefit. In the case of cognitive dissonance, 
The benefit is functional. The ability to reduce dissonance is what lets us sleep at night and maintain our behavior. So secure that our beliefs, our decisions, our actions are the right ones. The fact that people who cannot reduce dissonance usually suffer a whole lot because they they are creating stress. And this itself is how important the ability to reduce the stress is. This means being consistent and agreeing with other people's group members is much easier for people to have peace. You know, ultimately, we're all reasonable for what we believe, and it's incumbent on us to be our own skeptics of fake things that we're told. We want to ask, how do you know it's true? What's the source of the claim? Who said it? What is their motivation? We must always be careful not to deceive ourselves. And we are the easiest people in the world to deceive. You know, uh, George Orwell wrote an essay, and, and it's called In Front of Your Nose in 1946. To see what is in front of one's nose needs a constant struggle. The point is we are all capable of believing things we know to be untrue. And then we are finally proved wrong and impudently twisting the facts to show that we were right. And intellectually, it is possible to carry on this process for an indefinite time. And the only check on it is that sooner or later, a false belief bumps up against solid reality, usually on the battlefield. And that is George Orwell. Okay. There's all, you know, trust. The fact is when we have trust issues in life with sources that feed us information, that makes people hysterical. Trust is the one thing that will make people psychotic because they have an emotional attachment to need trust. And when that is gone, it creates these inaccuracies. They, 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 they create an enormous challenge for people and an enormous amount of stress in people's life. Misinformed people do not change their minds once they've been presented with facts that challenge their beliefs. But beyond simple not changing their minds when they should, research shows that they are likely to become more attached to their mistaken beliefs. And the factual information backfires when people don't agree with you. So research suggests that bringing in the facts to support your case might actually make them believe you less. In other words, fighting the ill-informed with facts is like fighting a grease fire with fire. It, it, you know, it just doesn't work. So what you have to do is you have to pull away and not feed into it, not give it emotional attachment. That is so important for us to be healthy. You know, we have to look at, you know, the sociological issue ought to be that we care about a great deal right now about our country. We all care deeply about each other and we need to be looking out for each other and we need to be empathetic with each other and we need to understand that, hey, if you have a divided family where one spouse is for one and the other, guess what? You're just going to cancel each other's votes. So what? No big deal. Okay. I'm sure I'm going to get blowback on this, but that's our show. And I want to thank everyone for listening. I'd love to hear from you. My email is drgbmftsbcglobal.net or Twitter at drgbmft. Now, remember, if someone lies to you, tell the truth about them. All elite media should open up their, their, their shows in the news. To, this is how they should open their shows in the news today. More shit I made up. Our top story this is from Winston Churchill. A lie gets halfway around the world before the truth has a chance to get its pants on. That's our show. Thanks for listening, everybody. Uh, next show, we're going to be talking about prostitution and uh, human trafficking. 
that's our show for this week. Please join Dr. Gary Bell for another edition of Absurd Psychology next Friday at 4 p.m. Eastern Time, 1 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Now, go impress your friends and family with what you've learned today and have them tune in next week so they can be almost as smart as you. We'll be right back.